0: I am sick I'm sick and I'm tired I am sick and tired of letting other people tell us who they think we are I am sick and tired of people saying that we do not deserve full marriage equality. I am sick and tired of people saying that our families do not deserve full and equal treatment. I am sick and tired being told that our community is less than. I am sick and tired of being told that we are not worthy. I am sick and tired from the voices from the outside that try to define who we are. Thank you, Gospel Ensemble, for reminding us who we are today. Our name is victory. Our name is life. Our name is not oppression. Our name is not depression. Our name is not fear. Our name is confidence. Our name is victory. And guess what? We have evidence We have evidence today of who we are. And the evidence is right here in this room today. What's the evidence? It's right here. And it's right here. The evidence is in your eyes. And the evidence is in your hearts. And the evidence is in your hands. The evidence is in the healing that's in this Today. You are God's evidence that we are a people who have been given a new name. We are a people with a purpose true and a purpose bold, and we know who we are. And our name is Victory. 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 And you can read between the lines on that one, and that's about as far as I could go. But our name is victory. (sighs) Confidence. Courage. Commitment. Last week, something was missing, wasn't it? Last week, we thought about what it meant when God seems absent. And we looked at the story of Job, one who had gone through absence in his life. Last week, the table that is here now was way up there in the back. And we talked a little bit about what it means to feel a distance in our relationship with God, how sometimes our life seems to be this wild mixture of fullness and emptiness. But this week, the table's back, right here, close enough for us to touch it, to see the light. Um, Well, it's here too, both of them, to see the food and the grace that is who God is to us. But I found myself wondering, is this just a symbol or is it more than that? Is it possible that we'd almost sometimes prefer God to be absent? Could it be that sometimes we'd almost prefer God to be up there somewhere? where we could think about God, think about God when it comes to comfort and answers, but not have to deal with God when God gets too close. What happens when God gets close? Well, if we're like Jonah, we want to run. (laughs) We want to get away. Because when God gets close, things are no longer the same. When God gets close, we find ourselves getting asked questions. We find ourselves thinking thoughts we've never thought before. We find ourselves in a place that maybe is too close for comfort. When God gets real, we're called to get real. When God gets close, it can be very disruptive. You might have one of those jobs where... You're very low on the list when it comes to the first one to be laid off, when the economy gets bad. You might have one of those jobs where you found yourself moving up the ladder. A nice job with the oil and gas industry. And then you listen to your passion. And you realize your passion is not pushing those numbers. And it's not selling stuff. You realize that your passion is about living a life that transforms those around you. And so you have to pursue the call, whatever that means. It may mean seminary. It may mean getting out and volunteering. But God's gotten close. What do you do with that? God, I just want to have Saturdays off. I just want to rake those leaves. I just want to mow the grass. I just want a nice, pretty, safe house. Just let me have my Saturdays at least. And then you hear about this transformative, engaging program called Creating a Life That Matters. And you find yourself saying, well, breaking leaves matters. Pretty yards matter. But you can't let it go. Even if that means giving up 18 Saturdays for something that only God knows. When God gets close, things change things become disruptive. Was that true for Job? Job of anyone needed God. Job was one who had lost everything in his life. He'd lost his business success. He had lost his children to a tornado. He had lost his sheep to natural disaster. And his physical health also went down. He had these open sores break out all over his body. He, was a point, he came to a point of pain where he was actually taking shards of pottery and scraping his skin. He was in that place. You would think that Job, of anybody, would want God to get close. And he did. For 38 chapters, Job called out, God, where are you? Come to me. Let us talk together. And you think that when God would finally come, that God would give him an explanation or give him some comfort. But when God gets close to Job, it is not the closeness that Job or we would expect. In fact, when God comes to Job, what he says is, Hitch up your belt like the fighter you are. Now I will ask the questions and you will answer me. 90% of the book of Job is about absence. And then when God shows up, God does not offer comfort. God offers challenge. When God shows up, God asks Job 17 questions. Questions that call Job to courage, to commitment, to stop whining. It may seem that in these questions that God is being sarcastic, that God's playing games... But is it possible that in these tough questions, God is actually being compassionate? Because God knows that Job's only hope was to look beyond the trash heap, to look beyond his brokenness to the foundation, to the heavens, to the simplicity of nature around him that is relentless in its courage and in its strength. What God is saying to Job in this moment is not, Oh, poor Job, you've been through so much. I know it hurts. Here, let me, let me kiss your sores. Instead, God says, Job, you have been sitting on the dung heap for too long. Hitch up your belt. Put on your boots. Get on that Harley and begin to drive with determination and courage. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to get going. Your name is not suffering. Your name is not pain. Your name is life. Your name is victory. Do you ever get to that point in your life where you feel like you're sitting on a dung heap? Now that's actually what the heap is described as in the King James Version. It's actually there. If you've never read the King James, read Job and the King James, and you'll find Job sitting on a dung heap. Now, we'd probably translate it differently. <laughs> <laughs> you can insert your own name for that. I think I could safely call it a poop pile. <laughs> and what God says to Job is... Pick up a shovel and don't just sit there complaining and whining. If it's where you find yourself, do something about it. Take action. Get moving. You're waiting for somebody else to come along. Well, I'm not going to join you in your pile. That's what God's saying. Instead, I'm going to ask you questions to move you to a different place. So God says... Who laid the foundation? Who created the heavens? Who gave the rooster its intuition to know when to crow in the morning? God points Job to the big picture beyond the pile and to the little picture beyond the pile. Big picture, little picture. It's a call beyond the pile. (laughs) There is life for you. God is saying, to Job. So live your call. So I look at this scripture and as I look at these questions, there's three observations that come to me. The first is maybe when it comes to neatly controlled lives, God's absence is preferred to God's presence. Secondly, God's questions point Job to an awareness beyond himself. And third, God's questions point Job to a deeper trust. Oh, God's presence. Sometimes it does seem like that presence is more safe up there. Sometimes God's presence can feel like an invasion of our privacy. The God who looks into our hearts and into our lives and says, are you really finding joy now? Is this the life you really want to live? Is this the addiction that you want to continue to worship as it controls your life? Is this the life you're called to live? Is this your best? Ouch. Back off, God. Sometimes God's presence may feel like an invasion of our privacy, and it's certainly an invasion of our plans, because God never leaves us where we are once we get real and open to God. And we find ourselves doing some of the things that, we do to avoid the presence of God we've become quite skilled at it I know I have at different times in my life sometimes I don't want to deal with God sometimes I'd just rather watch all those baseball games we get busy that's one way to push God out we get numb we all have different ways of doing that so we don't feel God we seek distraction sometimes like Jonah we run in the opposite direction we want to get away What happens is when God is present, our control moves are exposed as illusion. We plan it, we set it up, we work it out, and we think it's what it needs to be. We think this is real life. After all, it's the life we've created. And yet when we look beyond, we realize that it is just an illusion that we are propping up with our self-effort. Oh, we think we're in control. We think we're in control. And yet God points us beyond. God's questions point Job to an awareness beyond himself. And what God is saying is, Job, look all around you because every bush is burning. There's a book by that name written by Joan Pools. and She gives us some ideas on how to point beyond ourselves. And um, Janice, if you could share about how we are sometimes called to this deeper place beyond ourselves in surprising and yet very real ways.
1: I believe that the Spirit embraces all. Our mundane experiences contain all the stuff of holiness and of human growth and grace. Our world is rife with messages and signatures of the Spirit, our encounters with one another, our potential sights, of the awakening and energizing that characterize the Spirit. But so much goes unnoticed. We fail so often to recognize the light that shines through those tiny chinks in the dusty panes of our daily lives. We're too busy to name the event that is blessed in its ordinariness, holy in its uniqueness, and grace filled in its underlying
2: challenge.
0: With God, there is always more. And it's everywhere. The smallest signs are waiting to speak to us, to call us to the life we never imagined but that now seems possible. God calls us to see a new calling in that person that perhaps we've been avoiding because they seem so different from us. We're afraid of what we do not know, and yet that voice says, come here, know me, see what I hold. I'm a surprise waiting for you. God's questions call Job to a deeper awareness. And yet Job still has questions. Job is still wondering, what's going to happen with all of this? How am I going to rebuild my life now? I've lost everything. I thought I had it all in order. I thought it was all working out, and it all fell apart. I'm here, God, in my brokenness. What next? And again, God simply says, look around. Do you see what I've created? Do you see who I am? And those questions become questions that point to a greater trust. So this awareness, it leads Job to another place. Can God be trusted even when it seems like things aren't working out? Jan Levanzant speaks about trust.
1: Trust God to provide for you everything you need to live fully, peacefully, and abundantly. This does not mean that people will always do the divine or even the right thing. But remember, you are not putting your trust in people. You are trusting that God can manifest through people. It does not mean that your car will not be stolen or your purse will not be snatched. It does mean that you trust God to provide you with the wisdom to make the right decision under any circumstances that you might encounter. If you want to know what to do, you must ask, quietly and in your heart. Once you do, you will be guided. You will be protected. It may not always seem like what you are doing at this moment is the right thing people and conditions may challenge you. You may begin to doubt yourself. It is in these moments that you are called upon to activate trust in God. Rely on your heart and that what it tells you is true. Do not be afraid to see the truth in the situation before you and act accordingly.
0: In your scripture, you see that God has 17 questions for Job. You can count them. (laughs) But could it be that God really just has one question for us? Could it be that the question God is asking us today at this moment and in this place is, are you ready? Are you ready to get close? Are you ready to get real? Are you ready to be that light? Are you ready to be food and drink and nourishment for your community and your world? Are you ready to give up all the names that someone else has placed on you? Are you ready to claim who you really are? Are you ready to live with dignity? Are you ready to live with victory? Are you ready to live with the evidence of God's presence in your midst? Are you ready to stand up As God's called out people, are you ready to be who you really are? Are you ready now? Are you ready?
2: Trust in God who will not leave you, oh, trust in God.